Welcome to this MSX podcast examining the COVID-19 impact on the sale and distribution of spare parts in the automotive industry. This is one of a series of podcasts created by MSX in the wake of the crisis and covering its impacts and ramifications across the industry. In this podcast, we cover the subject of parts wholesale strategy. My name is Andy Mills, MSX Global Product Director for the Parts and Service Channel. I've been in automotive for over 20 years, and during that time, I've been involved in delivering many projects to different OEM clients focused on after-sales. Primarily, I would describe myself as a consultant. My current responsibilities for the development of MSX digital services in the parts and service channel. Today, I'm joined by colleagues based in the UK, USA, and China to provide a broader geographical perspective on parts wholesale strategy. Colleagues are Tony Bartlett from our UK office, Tony Dingman from our office in Detroit, USA, and Zihan Lang from our office in China. Over to the two Tonys and Zihan for brief introductions, starting with you, Tony B, please. Hello there. My name is Tony Bartlett, Senior Account Manager and Global Subject Matter Expert for OEM Parts Sales. I have an extensive automotive background in owning or managing car dealerships, body shops and, and independent repairers. For the past 12 years with MSX, I've used this experience to work with OEMs around the world to design and implement effective parts programs aimed at increased penetration in the independent aftermarket. Hello, my name is Tony Dingman. I'm a director of retail operations for MSX International in the U.S. I have 46 plus years in the automotive business, 26 of which were in the retail side of the business. I have a tremendous amount of experience in after sales, both at the retail level and consulting. And I look forward to speaking to everybody today. Hello, everyone. My name is Zihan. I'm in China office, working in MSX, MSE and business development manager in the auto business more than 12 years. Welcome to the Tony's and Zihan. I'm looking forward to hearing your views over the next half hour or so. So to kick off this first section, we want to consider the importance of wholesale parts for the OEM. The traditional model for OEM wholesale parts sales has always been simple. OEM's NSC sells parts to the dealer network. The dealer network sells these parts on to the independent aftermarket. We do know that many dealers place minimal priority on their trade channel, which is why OEMs have invested heavily in creating trade programs to provide additional support. The traditional landscape of wholesale parts trading is undergoing a shift. In this podcast, we look at the reasons behind the shift and some thoughts on how OEMs can meet these challenges to retain and increase their penetration of the aftermarket parts channel to the OEM. Tony D, what are your thoughts? The traditional OEM revenue streams, vehicle sales, finance, and part sales haven't changed over the last 30 years. Long ago, the OEMs recognized the importance of a multi-channel approach to part sales in order to ensure a reoccurring revenue stream after the vehicle sale. Dealers and OEMs focus a tremendous amount of effort to retain customers in their service departments, but even with these efforts, most experience a significant drop in retention after the vehicles exit the manufacturer's warranty period. With a greater percentage of vehicle owners seeking repair and maintenance at independent garages, it's imperative that OEMs approach the opportunity to grow the wholesale parts as a viable incremental revenue stream, especially now that the age of vehicles in operation continue to increase. There's simply too much opportunity to ignore, and the aftermarket is stepping in to take advantage of that opportunity. 
From a UK perspective, uh, Tony B? Yeah, so we agree that wholesale parts visit is very important for the OEM. The OEM is a dealer network to sell and distribute your parts, but it depends how we how we consider this. Uh, you know, if we look at dealers, they have to be multi-skilled and resourced on so many levels. They have to sell new cars, used cars, vehicle finance, accessories, insurance products, and lots more. On the after-sales side, they've got a service in repair and possibly plus have a body shop for accident repairs for some dealers. The parts department's there in these dealers to keep these services supplied. And then finally, there is selling parts to the independent repairers and the body shops. If we compare that to the wholesale parts competition, they just have to concentrate on one thing. They just sell parts. So how does the OEM network compete at a level with the independent wholesaler? Not just on price, but on the service levels. This is where the challenge comes. The business has changed. New players coming to the market, existing players consolidating into new large organisations, and the stakes have been raised. The independent competition are offering a full package of services to the IRs. This includes technical training, business insurance and finance services, special tooling, purchase and hire, recruitment services, and much, much, much more. They really are looking at the independent repairers as partners, not just customers. For the independent repairer, their parts purchase needs are pretty simple. They just want parts quick. They want an easy order. They want them in stock, obviously. They want them at a right price, and but importantly, deliver when they need it. In every market for every OEM, they've got authorised dealers that can do this. However, these tend to be the minority. Of course, that does depend on market and depend on brand. But with most dealers treating wholesale business low priority, the result is the OEM has an inconsistent and unreliable wholesale offer overall. But OEMs, the dealer network legacy, is without doubt a strength. There's no doubt about that, but can also provide restrictions to change. Zihan, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, let's give some something from China. Now, the OEMs still have an advantage that the aftermarket. They designed and made a vehicle that independent shops are trying to repair. As vehicle technology continues to advance, more and more independent shops are looking to improve customer satisfaction by providing high-quality and long-lasting repairs. And many aftermarket parts offering do not meet the high engineer standards required to interact and function with today's interactive networks the new car are equipped with. I think from a mechanical perspective, something as simple as a sensor can look like an OEM parts, but it creates a problem when it's installed. Due to the specification that uh, allowed it to be universal fit and not bespoke to certain calibration. Now, so let's talk about uh, collision parts. Uh, using aftermarket to replace OEM parts can have an even greater consequence. Now, if the price is competitive, availability and support meet the independent repairs needs, OEM is always preferred over aftermarket. So the key to growing the wholesale business is both simple and complex. The simple, if you treat the independent repairs business as an extension of your own business, the complex is how that can fix in the OEM parts distribution model. Okay, thanks, Ihan. What are the other elements driving this need for change, Tony? Yeah, well, I mean, currently the OEMs have got sizable vehicle parks of traditional internal combustion engine vehicles. This is still by far the majority of vehicle sales currently. I mean, if we look at current sales, yes, electric vehicles are, are having a bigger impact, but still the majority of vehicles that are sold are still traditional vehicles. And what this means, of course, is there's a huge opportunity for the next 10 years, at the very least, 
for the supply and fitment of conventional maintenance and repair parts. You know, the existing park and with today's sales, there's going to be a continuous demand for vehicles and, and these parts. Moving forward, of course, the move towards electric vehicles, it will have an effect, less maintenance. Results in the parts to the tune of maybe a, a drop of about 60%, less far less moving parts. If we look at ADAS and other vehicle driver safety technology, uh, that will result in fewer collisions, but, but only significantly when the, the majority of the vehicle park are equipped. At the moment, if you have uh, ADAS vehicles on the road and, and non-ADS vehicles on the road, of course, one vehicle reacts and the other one doesn't. So there's still a collision. Therefore, but the challenge is, is twofold, I think. One is to gain maximum parts fitment penetration of the traditional vehicle park. But then two, ensure a sales structure is in place to win an even bigger slice of the smaller pie that evolves because of this new vehicle technology. And, and Tony Dingman, is there a particular US slant on this? As Tony B mentioned, technology, modularized components, reduced consumables in the future will drive the need for OEMs to personalize specific parts on specific vehicles. Several manufacturers are already building theft deterrent features into their bespoke component parts that make it more difficult to utilize these parts from a salvage vehicle, reverse engineer the parts, or even remanufacture the parts as has been done in the past in the aftermarket. As technology progresses, the OEM will be more connected to the vehicle, which will allow second, third, and even fourth owner vehicles to communicate with the OEM to request parts when a failure is detected. The OEM will have a distinct advantage over the aftermarket in the ability to provide parts to the independent repairs based on what the vehicle diagnostic system has communicated. As we said at the start of this podcast, the, the catalyst for this series of recordings looking at the parts domain as well as, well as other domains um, that MSX responds to has been COVID-19 and the worldwide effect. But specifically, how has this affected the wholesale parts business? Back to you, Tony B, for you to, to have first go at this one. Well, like everything else, a huge effect. I mean, it's, it's of course, COVID-19 has had a massive effect on markets worldwide, on industries worldwide. And I don't think there's an industry or a, a business that's not been affected uh, by, by COVID, mostly, of course, to, to the negative. And, and generally, we've seen a gap, as far as wholesale parts are concerned, between the dealer network and the independent wholesalers. And this has been quite significant, I think. Every market has, to some extent, a different impact because of variations of lockdown. Of course, each market has been different in terms of when there's been lockdowns and how severe the lockdowns have been. But there's nevertheless, there is evidence in some markets of a shift in business for some OEMs back to the independent wholesalers. The reason for this was quite simple. The independent wholesalers stayed open for business when the dealer networks were closed or maybe only operating mineral service operations or operating with skeleton staff, etc., etc. The independent repairers remained open, and of course, you know, that they were open for business. They still needed parts. They couldn't get hold of the dealers, or they were unsure when the dealer was going to be open or closed, or the dealer was operating as skeleton staff, so they couldn't get the parts when they needed them. Uh, so for all sorts of reasons, the independent repairers took some of their business back to the, uh, the independent wholesalers. Uh, and there's been some evidence, you know, during this uh, lockdown and afterwards that, of course, the fact that the independent wholesalers stayed open and looked after the independent repairers, that the, the independent repairers have seen this as a, a measure of loyalty and were there for them when the, the OEM dealer was not. 
it's not the same for every OEM. And of course, you know, from MSX side, we've done lots to work with OEMs to make sure that's not the case. But certainly we are seeing some evidence of this. And that's something that uh, we've commented on previously, Tony. Thank you. Zihan, is there um, any particular difference in China in your experience? Yes, I have give a little bit of experience from China. I think the COVID-19 took an extremely negative impact in parts wholesale. The auto parts center, dealer shops, and the independent repair locked down the business from the February to March. The vehicle owner delayed the maintenance, less mileage cost, less accident repair, and more Moreover, the logistics also became limited. According to our customers, the parts wholesale turnover decreased more than minus 70%. It's a good news from China. The China recovered from COVID-19 since earlier April. The auto parts center, dealer shops, and the independent shop returned to work gradually. During the pandemics, OEM and the dealers and the parts distributors tried as hard as they could using telephone, WeChat to communicate with the existing customers, and offered a special price package. And some of the dealers provide door-to-door service models. This action taken to enhance loyalty from the dealers to parts distributors and also from dealers to vehicle owners. Thanks, Zihan. Um, and Tony, just referring back to your observation that you sort of hinted that there was some variability at different OEM level. Can you just articulate on that, please? Yeah, where we had wholesale parts programs in in place of OEMs, uh, where we had our external resource in place, we rapidly implemented uh, emergency initiatives, keep business going. For example, telephone hotline support communicated to the independent repairers, linking them to the program field team to facilitate getting them the parts they needed. Another thing was implementing third-party courier services to get the parts from dealer to IR or directly from NSC. Direct communication by the field team to key customers, such as the large groups, uh, the insurance companies, etc. Roadside assistance was another one that we saw, where the roadside assistance companies were unable to get the parts uh, on vehicles broken down by the side of the road. Uh, Again, we were able to step in uh, and offer an assistance service. But the interesting thing here is that these solutions have proved worthy of continuing after COVID. I mean, we're still in COVID, obviously. You know, all markets are just about going to lockdown again, which is really sad. But, you know, we've got to move forward still. So, you know, what happened is that these things worked so well during these lockdowns that it was seen as, a well, hang on, why, why have we not done this before? So, for example, the customer hotline has worked really well. The IR has really loved it. So it's staying in place. And it gives them a permanent place to go for their queries, issues, etc. It's now going to a stage further where actually we're trialing with a couple of OEMs, a lost call pickup service. So where the dealers have got reduced staff or reduced resource or reduced hours or whatever, you know, the independent repairers are trying to get through them on the phone. The call is not being picked up quickly or at all. What we're doing is, is that call is automatically transferring to the MSX teams so that they can field that call and, and, and keep the independent repairer happy with the parts that they need. Again, it all adds up to something I spoke about earlier about the, the independent wholesalers in the way that they treat their customers, that we have to treat them like a partner, not just like a customer. Another thing is that the another OEM is looking at the temporary resource delivery service implemented during lockdown. So again, this worked really well during lockdown. You know, normally the the dealer would have their vans delivering to the independent repairers, but we put a, an additional service in using a third party courier. 
And this has worked so well, and it looks like the cost savings may mean it's a better solution economically as well. And in addition, of course, it means that you can get more deliveries out of the independent repairers, therefore matching the, uh, the aftermarket competition. So all of these things have resulted in firms cementing a loyalty factor from IR to the OEM. But also, very importantly, uh, I think we're accelerating the thinking of how OEM should operate wholesale parts going forward. Thanks, Tony. So in, in this sort of first section, we, we've highlighted some specific sort of initiatives that are taking place in, in, in response to the pandemic. We'd like to sort of move on now to exploring how that might translate into new wholesale parts models in in the future. And we've talked about the traditional NSC to dealer to IR model, but what would a different model look like? Again, back to you, Tony uh, Bartlett, could you just explain your thinking on that? It's really a question of whether you include the traditional dealer network in your strategy or whether you think a more direct channel is a, a more viable proposition. This doesn't always mean, of course, excluding the dealer network from whatever strategy you decide upon. For example, Volkswagen Group for many years and more recently PSA have implemented a distribution hub organisation that either solely or includes wholesale operations. The distribution hub ownership can be a mix of OEM, dealer and sometimes independent. The important point here for these models is that they move the business away from the traditional dealer network and that control so that consistent high levels of service can be maintained to the independent aftermarket. This is something that we spoke about earlier about that erratic service, if you like, and, and these brands moving to a, a service that offers a, a more fluid service. Other OEMs are implementing a direct independent wholesale strategy where order, delivery and invoicing are all direct from the NSC with no dealer involvement at all. The thinking behind this is exactly as we discussed in the first section. It takes away the randomness of service from the dealer network and allows that the independent wholesaler can offer service at the level that the IR needs. Uh, let's um, take an American perspective on that, if we can then, please. Tony D, over to you. In the U.S., we have a very mature wholesale business, especially in the aftermarket. On the OEM side, distribution models vary depending upon the OEM or dealer franchise agreements. While each model has its pros and cons, the most effective models, as Tony B said, focus on the independent garage as a primary customer. We found that a well-established wholesale distribution network has the advantage of long-term customer relationships, and when combined with direct OEM and dealer support, it's difficult to improve upon the inherent efficiencies of this distribution model to penetrate the aftermarket. It provides a solid foundation for any wholesale business to, to move forward from because of that relationship. Zihan, do uh, different market dynamics come into play in China? Yes, absolutely. For instance, the direct to independent wholesaler strategy so far, this approach has been mainly concentrated to the Asian markets, where it is accepted that wholesale power sector is far less mature than Europe or US market. And uh, therefore, they have the benefit of using this strategy to start from with no legacy of dealer network doing business in this area before. Then now, they have a rest hybrid models that uh, apportion the task of ordering, invoicing, and the delivery between NSC dealer networks and the independent wholesalers. Again, a different market dynamic come into the play, majority and the strength of the dealers, etc. Thanks, Ihan. And Tony B, 
Returning to you, what are the trends or changes of thinking do we envisage? I mentioned earlier the examples of Volkswagen Group and, and BSA. Uh, the thing to remember, of course, is they, they've got the luxury of, of high vehicle volumes uh, globally or within specific regions. And that gives them a return on investment of the considerable cost of implementing a new distribution network. MSX, we are having a number of conversations with OEMs for the potential of, of multi-OEM partnership in this area for the other brands that don't have sufficient volume on their own. Of course, we've got to be mindful of legislation here, but there does seem to be some real interest in looking how this could be done. Uh, and, and already we're seeing some pilots springing up that we're involved in of, of OEMs working together to offer a joint distribution solution in various parts of the market. So the OEMs are looking at the business, and this is a way of getting it back. I think it's 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 quite interesting that the OEMs, you know, for many many years now, there's been a discussion of of you know should and how should OEMs maybe work together because they're not in competition in this area. It's the one area of car business that they don't actually compete. Of course, they compete for cars and they compete for everything else. But in terms of of spare parts, of course, the spare parts in general are independent to each OEM, and therefore there's no competition. So I think there is some ground to be covered here. And what these examples tell us is that as COVID has forced new thinking and solutions that could transform the business to leaner and more efficient models that offer better value for the OEM's customers. What are the trends that we're seeing, uh, Tony Dingman? Well, with the pandemic, one area that the OEMs have accelerated is the move to e-commerce. Many of the OEMs have ventured into online business in the past. With the impact of the pandemic on dealer staffing, the efficiency of a 24-7, 365 salesperson has driven a new level of focus in increasing the online presence. In addition, most OEMs and aftermarket have struggled to maintain inventory levels due to supply chain interruptions by the pandemic. Some parts are not available locally, and the capability to find the needed part for the customer's vehicle back on the road becomes a primary purchase motivator for the independent repair shops. OEMs and dealers that provide the capability through e-commerce have been able to capitalize on the opportunity and open new doors to increase their wholesale business where it wasn't open before. So we're seeing COVID here as, as a catalyst for change, new solutions and new thinking. If an OEM is going to look at the wholesale parts business fresh and look at how it should adapt for the new reality, where would be a logical starting place, Tony B? I, I think looking at this, I mean, we've got a huge experience base globally, and my advice is always to start with research. I think you, you can't do anything, you can't move forward until you really understand what issues you're facing and what the opportunity is and what the size of the opportunity is and, and the best way forward. So I think from my side, certainly, is for the OEM to look at the competition look at what they're doing, how successful they are or not, um, seeing where they're being successful or not, look at the dealer network, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, do you have a good base, do you need to look at a different alternative, and the aftermarket customer base, you know, what, what do they want, what are their needs. So you need to get a full understanding of the options, uh, and then from that research, you can then start to build a strategy that is right for them and meets the individual need for each market. What we do know uh, from MSX and working with many OEMs on doing this kind of work is that there's no one size fits all here. You have to look at what is right for the OEM, but also what is right for each market because there will be variations. We can certainly help with this um, from taking individual tasks right up to carrying out a full global study and putting together the strategy options. It is really important to get this right from the beginning. 
We are nearly out of time, so let me thank the Tonys and Zihan for their their contributions in this podcast, which I do hope you found interesting and informative. Uh, before uh, we wrap up, um, I'd just like to quickly recap on some of the key points that have come up in the course of our conversation as follows. Uh, the use of third-party logistics worked extremely well during lockdown and offers a viable alternative, alternative to delivery by individual dealers. As a business, MSX stepped in to plug the drop in service levels to independence caused by the closure or partial closure of the franchise networks during lockdown. This required us to develop new initiatives, some of which have proved so effective they have continued post lockdown. Closure of the franchise networks has prompted renewed focus on 24 7 e commerce solutions. Uh, a point that uh, Tony Dingman picked up on. There remains a very significant parts wholesale opportunity for the next 10 years, irrespective of changes in the makeup of new car sales, such as electric vehicles and the embedding of telematic services. In the longer term, technology changes will strengthen the competitive advantage of the OEM, but in the meantime, the aftermarket competition will intensify. Once again, thanks for listening.